Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach for life, your life coach. And I'm the guardian of Skyboy, Super Bored Op, and Redheaded Stallion. Is that Super Bored Op or Super Bored Op? Yes. You understand my question? Yes, I do. And it is both. It is both. So I'm a Super Bored Op. I'm good at the board. That's what you're saying. I'm a good board op. Sure. I'm a super board op. Yep. Beat that dead horse <laughs> right into the ground. You just usually don't ever, ever give me compliments. So I do. You, do. you know why? You know I why? I take advantage of that. But here's why. Today's topic, leadership and connection. I'm trying to connect with you. Everything else has failed, Sky. I've tried every other way to motivate you as a human being. Now I just want to connect heart to heart. I, I do, mano a mano. I do notice that ombre a ombre. Every time you bring every time you bring food in, it has motivated me, and I've really? had a better day, and really? I've worked harder. Well, you know it's interesting because there's not a lot of research about uh, food being a motivator, except at the most basic. I'll be levels. your research subject. Let's do a test with me. No, we've gone. How long have I been here? And I haven't had food on the show. And I'm going to be here like Come. five more days. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know, but you know when the food starts. Day six. Day six, uh, lots of food. Dang it. We're going to have a, yeah, we're going to have a buffet every day. It always happens that way. Whenever I'm gone, that's like. I know. It's because you shouldn't leave. This is utopia. Uh, this is the great smorgasbord of life. It's definitely something. It's a <laughs> smorgas of something. <laughs> How are you, Sky? We've missed you, my friend. Really? Yeah. You weren't, you're not here on Mondays. Yeah, Victoria took my spot on Mondays. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you, I know, you go hang out with all the, the cool kids, young ambassadors. I don't do that on Mondays. Okay. Victoria just wanted to do Mondays, so. Well, yeah. I, th- I thought it was the higher-ups were thinking that Mondays were a little weak. Oh, that could have been it. Is that it? Are they stronger now? I'm not sure. See, there we are. She with... made a joke about a receding hairline of mine. She did? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't find the funny in it. I don't, I didn't see. I don't think it's receding. See? Okay. I mean, it's been the same hairdo every day for... Show's going better already. <laughs> you know, why do we do it? Why do we try? Why? You anyway. could recede in this area a little bit, but... <laughs> uh, for those that aren't watching on TV, he pointed to his belly. Yeah. Another, another dig at the host. I am if I am this close. Those that aren't watching on TV, uh, that's two inches. I'm that close to climbing over this table and going off on you. Just to be clear, I don't think anyone can watch on TV. For anyone that's confused, if they're looking to try and find your show on TV, yeah, that's it's good. not. That's there. actually very. Good. No, no, no. Actually, if you want the show on TV, please email us and demand it. Yeah, please start a campaign. Uh, do it. Yeah, I someday we'll do a show on TV someday. Uh, probably in six days. <laughs> it's always it's just a few days. Anyway, anyway, when. we've missed you, Sky, for the weekend and a day. And a day. 
But you look good still. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, the scars are healing. Scars are healing. It's good. Hair's still red. But Hair's still red. But yeah. the surgical, we, yeah. We might it. fix that. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Well, we've got six more days, right? So um, today's show, Merritt, what's today's show? Tell us, fill us in. Because we need your leadership. Because it's a leadership topic. It is a leadership topic. So lead us. Today we're talking about how to become a leader. What you need to prepare Hmm. And how you need to go about leading, how you need to go about connecting with other people. Okay. This, I think, is very apropos for somebody. Uh, what does that even mean? <laughs> very big word, appropriate nice. for somebody with red hair that's in this room. You know, we, Connection. Always, we always say that I plan the shows a certain way for a reason. Yes. So you're subtly trying to say we need to improve our leadership. One of the keys to leadership is you've got to connect. You've got to know how to connect to people, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to try to connect to Sky throughout the entire show. Yeah. He's really hard to connect to, Matt. Have you noticed? Yeah. He's kind of like prickly. Like He's like a porcupine. Or a soft, warm belly, <laughs> I'm told, and but prickly on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Now, have you noticed that when we feed him, he rolls over on his back? Oh, ah, yeah. that's the key. And then, well, then see, that and belly's exposed. Boom. Yeah. And then you can punch him in the gut <laughs> if you need Well, to. it's just when I need them to do something, them being, you know, Bryce and Sky, I just yeah. bring food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you're stronger than me with your... Yeah. I, I'm trying to just, I don't know, food, I'm just sick of food being the only motivator. It's just so base. It's so... At some point, he needs to get more cognitive about his motivation. You know, when I, I think that might happen when he graduates and gets a job. I know, but that could take forever <laughs> at this rate. Sky, you have you a could, You could give me other things besides food. Anyway, we're just going to keep going <laughs> and keep talking about connection. Well, hold on, hold on. Food, clothing, shelter. So food is off the list. Clothing yeah. or shelter. Take your pick. Well, how do you beat a guy in a cape? I was thinking more like you could get me jazz tickets. Oh. That would be cool. Yeah. I would work harder for jazz tickets. Well, I take I'm not all, even a jazz I take fan, all my favorite people to the jazz games. I don't believe that. Have you not gone? No idea. <laughs> and I know that I'm one of your most favorite people in the world. You really are. I know that's a You fact. really are. <laughs> you are. You're like the son that I never wanted, but, <laughs> but the state forced have. upon me. <laughs> and then I kept you, and then you the checks to love kept me. coming, and I learned to love you. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're leaving- Soon, in in time. And you're going to miss me. Well, I'm going to miss the checks. Yeah. That they send because I was forced to still, take it. Still a form of miss. You're still going to be missing something. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm getting from this is if we uh, start giving him more money, then... That goes to me. Well, mm, I, don't, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, if, if, if I was given more money, I would feel more connected to Sky. But would Sky feel more connected to you if you gave him... Some of you that. Sky doesn't even know that money exists. How else do you play Monopoly, Matt? He was born, <laughs> a, he was born in a very rich family. <laughs> I know about money. <sighs> no, you don't. Okay, who's your favorite celebrity? Hurry. Wow. Hurry. Uh, name it. Name, I, it. name I, it. Here, go name Bryce it. first. Oh, Bryce first. Favorite celebrity. <laughs> we didn't prep this. No, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm doing a test. Favorite celebrity. Bryce. Um, who do I really like? I really... Um, the guy. Okay, Sky's uh, actually whispering okay. Julie Andrews. Okay. Can, can basketball count? Sure. Kawhi Leonard. Really? Yeah. Right Why? now, Kawhi Leonard. Why? I think he's just got a great attitude, and I think he's he 
he doesn't he's quiet about his business he's yeah. not loud he's not making a show and he works really hard and he's very successful at what ha- he does and he makes met, himself better have you met mr leonard i've not met mr leonard but, but so i where saw did him you... play at byu okay against Jim when he played for san diego state so okay been, so now, interesting play. now notice what you said you like about his uh, is his what his outgoing personality his demeanor i like yeah he he's quiet and he works hard he doesn't like a lot of the nba players put a lot of it on themselves and want a lot of attention yes he doesn't seek attention and he works super hard have you ever gone to youtube and watched videos of him yes that must be because you don't know him i don't know him you've only seen him play ball and had some interviews yes and you've fallen in like with him i've fallen in like with him like a profound deep warm (laughs) like something like that isn't that weird now watch why because why you don't even know the dude. You've only seen. He's there's some. He connection. doesn't seek a lot of attention. He's hardworking mm. and he's good at what he does. Do you see merit? It's happening. I do see. You're Our connected to to Mr. Leonard. What's his first name? Kawhi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you're connected to Kawhi because he he's got these traits that you respect. Yes. And you've connected with him by watching him over and over and over and dreamt even dreamt that you were him. Well, I've dreamt that I've played on the same team as him. Well, like, like Pop calls me right. in off the bench, and, and I have Nerf, to... you play with the Nerf ball in your room. Yeah, yeah. And you pretend, and you wear his Put jersey. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, yeah. oh, almost oh, made it. Almost made it. Yeah. Second chance. Yeah, <laughs> and we can all see it. We feel it. Yeah. Okay, huge. Bryce, favorite celebrity. So there's this journalist. His name is Adam Sessler. I've Sessler. I've watched his sort of career start. When he was doing stuff for for websites and things in the late nineties, and I've I've sort of followed his career for a long time. And really? if you want to understand sort of the way that I develop arguments and the way that I approach information, it's very inspired by the Sess, the Sess, the Sessler. Yes, Adam Sessler. Hardly anybody knows about him. It's, he's not super popular, but he is somebody you've connected to. Absolutely. Have he you does- met him personally? I have not had the honor of Have you meeting. ever stalked him? Um, yeah. Weird. Not Let's in talk person. about it. I do know where he lives. He lives in San Francisco. But... Have you ever Google mapped or Google earthed his house? No, I don't know his address. I don't know his physical address. Okay, I actually, cause... I even know the neighborhood he lives in. Let's ask Sky if he's done and that. Have you? <laughs> Sky, Kwai Leonard, have you ever Google not... mapped his house? Okay, I... This makes me not quite Leonard, not quite Leonard, not quite Leonard. Um, a while back, yeah, like five, six years ago, I was diehard Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, <laughs> and and Google Earth was kind of was it a new thing? Not really, not really. But, but, Maybe new to me. Yeah, I don't know. It was new to you. So I was like, new this is Iowa cool. You can you. you can look up things. So my buddy and I were playing on it, and Let's he look looked up. We looked up John Frusciante's house. He was the guitarist for the Red Hot Chili Pepper at the, Peppers at the time. What's the uh, guy's name? Um, well, we, we just typed in John Frusciante's house, uh-huh. and it showed up, and it had his address there and everything. And he lived really close to where my roommate was from, and we were getting ready to go on a trip to California. Oh, man. <laughs> by the way, so for we, those listening out- We simply out, drove by his house. No, but for those listening out <laughs> in didn't. listener land, this is the making of a stalker. <laughs> this is the creepy stalker, and this is how it starts. Some little boy who just found out that Google Earth- has pictures of everything. <laughs> and now he's stalking and doing drive-bys. We just drove by. And did you park? We 
we might have like slowed down. I did don't know. You, if, did you take a picture? I don't think I. Mm, I don't think I could. It was like it was kind of hidden. Okay. Fenced, but I could see it kind of. Okay, let's just let's be real. Nice area, but one word, one word, creepy. That's creepy. Mm. Curiosity. That was curiosity. Okay, you're going to change yeah. it to curious. curiosity. <laughs> I think the police would actually call it a misdemeanor. <laughs> well, we weren't bothering John. John has no idea. John well, no. has no idea that happened. Did you actually climb over? No, the we, bushes just, we just kind of drove look, by. Did you press your face? I didn't against even get out window. of the, I didn't even get out of the car. Okay. That's beyond connecting. That's creepy connecting. <laughs> it was curiosity. Okay. Well, that's good. That's, that's a great example. Did you go stalk Mr. Sessler? No. Way to show discipline. Well, you know. That's good. So you like Sessler. He's a news guy, but he's really he's really kind of a, what is he, like a blogger, like a I'd personal? Say, I would say he's a thought leader. Yeah. That's but a good word. he doesn't think he's important. So he doesn't. He's a humble thought leader with. Out an entourage. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he's a pretty normal dude, yeah, as far cool. as I can tell. And you've connected to him through his work. Yeah, and he does this cool thing. It's called address the cess, and <laughs> uh, it's just he just like does like an online chat video chat thing with anyone can show up. It's cool. So by the way, leader, two leaders. There we go, two leaders. Kwa, what's his name? Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard and Adam Sessler. And, of course, Merritt is going to give us her favorite star um, that you are like. Zach Efron. Zach oh. Efron. <laughs> yeah, no. No. One Direction. <laughs> One Direction. Is this for really what they think of me? <laughs> yeah. Well, we know Zach Efron because we also know that you love really good movie productions. <laughs> and nothing exactly. says the best movie productions than Zach Efron. Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg or Judy Dench, they're both pretty cool. Okay, if you had to pick a dinner to go to dinner with one of them. Oh, Steven Spielberg. Really? Yeah. What would his wife say? Um, and children. They'd probably think it was cute. Why I, why likest thou? Why likest why, why do does like thou him? like him? He is the man when it comes to movie production. He's he it. knows exactly what he's doing. He is somebody who stands by what he believes and what he films and um, he's really learned the skills that he needs to have. Um, have you watched videos of him talking? Mm-hmm. He's Interviews. always, everything is super well thought out. He is very kind to the people who work with him. Have you ever stalked his home or his no. children? No. Sky, are you learning? There are limits to our connections. There are limits. Why didn't you? I'm still not hearing reasons why they did not. <laughs> well, because A, they're balanced. The tools are available. There's B, resources. They're properly focused on life maybe they're just not as curious see they have boundaries <laughs> well hold on you know the you know the saying curiosity killed killed the neighbor's the cat sky while boy. you stepped on the Did cat curious george ever die the yard. <laughs> curious george never died no but, curious he was george, very curious. but he had to have emergency surgery because <laughs> he, he swallowed puzzle pieces hold on hold on he wasn't a cat he was a monkey. Well, am I a cat? Oh, I resemble goodness. a monkey more than That's a cat. Good. If I have to, totally agree. <laughs> I, just, I totally agree. I, I have to throw this one in there. I haven't stalked people's homes, but I did. Okay, so I'm a big fan of Ingrid Michaelson, like huge fan. I love her. Are you really? And so I've been to all of her concerts and stuff. And every single one on her, all the ones that she's done in Utah <laughs> since I've known of her. So she's one. so awesome. Okay. <laughs> More than one. Okay. Um, but she, it was her birthday. And so me and my sister made cakes and we decorated her face on the cakes. 
Okay. Then, yeah. You're we, like Skyboy. But, but we posted it. We that. posted it on her fan page and her drummer added me as a friend on Facebook and we've talked. So I feel like that's cool. Totally worth so it. So you've connected to her through music, through her cute little high-pitched voice. She does not have a high-pitched voice. Have you ever heard Ingrid Michaels? Yeah. I love that one song that she sings. The one that everyone knows? Yeah, the only one that everyone knows. How does it go? Um, you might, uh, but it's about like bunnies. Okay, and, so it is yes. the right one. Yeah, so I know, but I no, it's we, we can't, not I can't right sing one. it because it's the not. Right that's one. the only one I know. Really, what's the bunny one? Oh, we'll uh, sing it off the air. Be okay. The only one I can think of yeah, is okay. um, the one with Rogaine. I thought it was like you and I. The way I am, yeah. It's like I'll buy you Rogaine. No, and the you bunny lose one's all you and I. Oh, is it you and I or something? Um, okay, we, we're uh, getting off point. Here's the point. <laughs> Every one of these people. You've all connected to through their work, through their, I guess, looking in their windows, <laughs> through their professionalism, and through their music. And because of the connection, you would follow these people, not just them professionally, but you, you would follow them. Some of you would even follow them into a restaurant <laughs> to then look at them, and some would follow them home. Connection. That's leadership. See, one of the great leadership gifts is you've got to connect people. Boom, boom, boom. One on one. That was fun. I'm not going to tell you who my favorite star is. Oh, tell us. No, nope. forgot that. Wait, Matt. But you should tell us after the break. But let's just say it rhymes with Smara Smosset. Oh. Just say it rhymes with that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you her name, but it's Smara Smosset. That's all I'm saying. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about leadership and the power of connection, the importance as a leader to know how to create a personal connection with people. Of course, we just went through the list of everyone's favorite celebrities. Now, hey, let me give you an example, just really fast, of somebody that struggled connecting. Did any of you see The Sound of Music, Carrie Underwood's live version? No. Sky? No. Merritt? I watched a featurette on it. Okay. That's better. That's the best we got. <laughs> I watched it with my bride. Uh, I then went and exercised in the middle of it. <laughs> that good? It was and that then good. I came back and we wrapped it up as a family. Carrie Underwood, love her to death. Killer voice. Very talented. Very talented. And she had a lot of stuff to do. She had to remember to walk up steps and to dance and to remember Liesel. I think that's her name. Liesel, the little girl's name. She had a lot to remember. I think she struggled connecting, which I don't blame her because she was trying to just connect to cameras because there's no people out there. It's so... It's hard. She needed a live audience. I, I think. Agree with that, I think yeah. that because she's a live performer, right? Yeah. But instead, you're just. I've done it. You just go look in television cameras. Not the same. No. Those cameras are so lifeless. But it was. There was just something that was missing there, and it was. And I think honestly, if we had just, if we had been sitting there, I think it would have felt better to us. But we lost it in TV. We need connection, or we don't. We lose it. It's a. It's a key to leadership. Is that not right, Bryce Lamar? I think. I think that's called authentic leadership yes. if we want to get technical here okay but i was reading something and someone i think they they it seems like it should be obvious well yeah 
So but, we'll, we'll just we'll just tell it to me and then I'll explain it to Scott. It's leaders want to inspire others to meet performance objectives. Huh? Leaders want to inspire yeah, others. Give me that. Explain that to, you, to <laughs> meet in performance objectives. Yeah, that's the job of a leader. Yeah, we want to inspire. You, yeah, like we way. want to get people to do more. Inspire means to put the spirit inside you. Is that what that means? Are we going? Yes. And- that means inspire. <laughs> I'm going to place the spirit inside you. Isn't that possession? I'm well, sorry. it's a different spirit. I saw a movie about that once yeah. in the 70s. So inspiration, that's the job of a leader. But if I'm not connected to you, I you can't, can't do it. I can't get in For there. some reason, telling someone, hey, work harder, doesn't work as well as, hey, what can I do to help you work harder? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Have you noticed how we've tried to do that with someone in this room? Have you noticed I've given ample opportunity for you to help me with Have you noticed we're not talking about you? I did not notice. Okay. Usually it's about me. <laughs> Actually, we were. We were talking about you. Okay, so, keep going. So I've got some <clears throat> some tips, some steps okay. how to connect Be personally. authentic leadership. Okay. Start leading by wandering around. You want to know who, who, he, who does that here in our office? That's the wanderer we call him? The wanderer? That would be Andy McQuinn. Yeah. He just kind of, I think, I think sometimes he just like, well, I don't have anything super important I need to do right no, now. You know he just kind of walks around. Actually, Andy forgets where his office is. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure because twice I found him just in a corner and I've just turned him around <laughs> and he went right to his office. I don't, I don't, I, think, I don't think that's real. I don't, I don't know if Andy's that. listening. Was but... he like walking with his head in the corner, just yeah, hitting it? No, really, he was just like, I can't stand all these students yeah. and their inability to he perform well. He was muttering well. that. He was muttering that. Okay, so that's it. So we walk around. That way we're talking to our people. Be amongst. We be, you be amongst the folks. Okay, another one they say is, and I want to I get an opinion on this. Okay. I don't know if this is I'm legit. Leave appointments for the doctor's office. So don't worry about appointments with... Mm. So, so like, what I assume this means is don't, like, set up time like, you. hey, uh, employee of mine, this is your time to talk to me. Yeah. So sort of keep an open door. Yeah, I like that. Open door policy. I have an open door policy, by the way. If you guys want to talk to me, make an appointment and put it on my door and I'll open it. And the door will be open. And then, yeah. You just have to drive all the way to Matt's office. Yeah. Which is far yeah. from where we are right but now. But that's because I'm here for you when I'm here for that time. Another good one, practice what you preach. Yeah. And I think I, I think if that. like if people like you like so people I like I don't Adam really, Sessler. Well sure. But um but like I don't really care what they do as much as people I don't like. So like remember yeah. that boss you don't like? All of you, that boss you don't like? When they said do this this way and then they didn't do that that way, you're like, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got some dirt. <laughs> See, you you need, that's moral authority. By the way, Nelson Mandela, hello. Huge. He is the epitome of, I mean, he has a hundred leaders there. Four U.S. presidents went to his funeral to travel to Africa for his funeral. They've connected with the man. Right. Huge. And he's done that. He's walked his talk. And another big one. And I think he had an open door policy. Oh, well, not for 27 years. Yeah, 27 years he didn't. He didn't have an open door policy. But that leads into the last one, empathy. Yes. If people don't think you care, they're not going to care about you. I know. Or what is it if... I don't, don't care how much you know till I know how much you care. There it is. Oh, I got to wipe a tear. Because Sky, was, I care about you. That was deep. I do. I care about you. 
I want to help you. I don't you. know how much you care, man. I want to help you out of your pitiful life. How do I love thee? Let me no. let me count the ways and show you the ways with in cheeseburgers. You should show me. Again. Show me that you love me. Show me that you care for me. In cheeseburgers. It's always about food. It's not. I, didn't, I, didn't, I said nothing it's of food about at that time. That was Bryce. I do care about you, and I'm going to miss you In immensely. Baconators. I know I he I likes love? Love. I like Baconators. <laughs> See, we just lost him again, man. Like, oh, the just... French fries and the Frosty, chocolate Frosty. Okay, anyway, we're going to be done talking about the food, and we're going to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, a good friend of mine from the old school. A consultant that uh, knows what she's talking about. Dr. Meta Norgard is going to be joining us. She's going to teach us about touch points. These uh, moments as a leader when we actually connect and touch emotionally to another person. One of the keys to leadership. We're going to teach you how to be a better leader, creating more connection. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, here, your coach, your guide on the side. Do what we can on this program to give you and your, you know, family, your loved ones, a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome back to the program. We got a great topic for you today. Today, we're talking about leadership, but a specific part of leadership that uh, maybe is easily overlooked. You know, when we think about a leader, we think about the CEO of a company, you know, increasing profitability by whatever, 25%, bringing in millions of dollars to the investors. We have all of these concepts of leadership. Um, Today, a 100 or so different world leaders gathered, plus thousands of other people, fans, uh, at the funeral of Nelson Mandela who, to me, one of the great examples of leadership that exists. And um, one of the keys I think our guest is going to enlighten us a lot on is this power of uh, connection, the power that humans have to connect with one another and the actual impact that our connections have on leadership. So there's something to it, right? It's not enough to just be positioned as a leader. At some point, you also have to make a connection to the people that are supposed to be following you. And our next guest has written the book about it. Dr. Meta Norgard is joining us right now. She is a friend of my old days when I worked at Franklin Covey. Uh, I got to go watch her teach executives. What they would do at Franklin Covey back in the day is they'd bring in all of these executives of companies, send them up to Sundance, Utah, and all other locations. But Meta would sit up there and for, I think it was about a week, would sit down with executives and teach them the power of leadership and skills. She's got a doctorate. She has an MBA as well. She's the founder of Strategic Leadership and Learning and the author of two best-selling books. One book is called Touch Points. Uh, with which she co-authored with Doug Conant, who was the CEO of Campbell Soup Company. And uh, another book, a bestseller, was called The Ugly Duckling Goes to Work. Um, we won't talk about that one because that makes Sky feel bad. But uh, go check out her website, metanorgard.com, M-E-T-T-E-N-O-R-G-A-A-R-D.com. Meta, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Well, thank you, Matt. What a thrill to connect with you after so many years. I know. We're all grown up now, Meta. I tell you. Well, <laughs> hopefully not too much. I know. We're not. Uh, we don't want to act no. too mature. It was just a thrill to see your name when you invited me to the show. I've you know what? I've never forgotten you. No, I, I've sat there. I've watched you in action teaching leadership. You know it. You get how to do it. And then you wrote the book on it. Well, there are a lot of wonderful books on it, right? But, yeah. Um, but the book Touchpoint speaks to just one slice of it. And um, and it's just the, the response to the book has been overwhelming because I think it really speaks to some of the struggles people have right now when we're so inundated with interactions. And, yeah. It seems like we're very focused on, on uh, what? On the tangibles and it seems like in a weird way what you're talking about as a key to leadership isn't always so tangible it's more of an intangible well it's it that is that is part of it and i think really when doug and i wrote the book it was more this sense uh he by the way you mentioned the program out in utah i met doug out in utah oh you did up there class back in 95 wow or something yeah and so um, it was just that executive program at Sundance was really, really special, uh, just to give a little background to the listeners on it, because what we did for five days was we spent two days for the leader to work on themselves and really get more, get more anchored in their own code and sense of purpose and why they cared about leadership. And then we spent about another two and a half days on the business and mm. the complexity of the business. So it was a wonderful week. And boy, I know so many uh, leaders from that time. And Doug was then one of them. We stayed in touch. And when he had to de- de- develop people who were part of his top 350 in the world at Campbell's, uh, he invited me to come in and design something with him that we then co-led. Okay. So, so that's how this all came to be. So that, so the way it really came to be, Matt, was that, yeah, Doug and I were, had been doing this one session where his, it, the, the workshop we did for his leaders was five sessions in two years with a lot of work between Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah, so it was a really uh, very comprehensive, and the most amazing thing is Doug as CEO co-facilitated yeah. every session with me. But, um, but one of the things we did at one module was we wanted the group to go deeper, uh, to really think about their own values and motivations. And so the way we had wrapped up those two days of reflection was with a bonfire where we had asked them to sit in silence hmm. and, uh, and just sort of, you know, digest everything that had happened for two days. And they ended up telling us, I mean, it was a very poignant time because there's so much busyness and so much hectic, um, uh, it, it, it's such a hectic environment that rarely do we sit in community in silence. I mean, people yeah, do no. sometimes on the Sabbath or other times, but right. it's like this time to sit in community in silence. And it was part of that that led us to start talking about, like, in this world leaders are in today, how do we, how do we help them keep their sanity? Yeah. <laughs> and how do we start using the busyness constructively? So, um, so Doug and I were walking the day after that, and, and he was heading back down to headquarters, and I say, you know, just don't you ever get tired of all these interruptions? And 
he kind of looked at me and he said, and, and it was just one of these interesting moments, and he said, well, you know, Matt, to me they're not really interruptions. They're an opportunity to touch someone and improve oh. the situation. There you go. And so it was like both of us at that moment almost knew this was why we had stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. That we hadn't said the words, but it was like, but that's really what we believe, that, that these interactions in business, in the home, uh, not, not any kind of chit-chat. We, we specified very concrete kinds of interactions, but these interactions are opportunities to make a connection and, wow. um, and advance the agenda and it's, improve the situation and, and move something forward. Um, so that a, was kind of how, how the whole thing Well, happened. what a powerful shift. I mean, because all okay. of a sudden it's, it's just an annoyance yes. to an opportunity to influence. Yes. That's powerful. It, it, it really was eye-opening. And then we kind of looked. I was working on a book already at that time, and I said to Doug as we walked back, I said, you know, I think this idea is, is conceptually in the area where I'm writing, and could we co-author it? And he said, let's do it. So, wow. um, And then, of course, we ended up throwing everything we had out the window and starting <laughs> as, as people want to do, and, and it made perfect sense to do. But you're, you've but, even tied it, I, haven't you, to, I mean, this isn't just all squishy, soft, and no. feely, <laughs> but this is, there's very real results tied to the manager that thinks that people aren't an interruption. That, I mean, even even the mere fact that your your uh, your co-author is sitting there, Doug is sitting there, willing as the CEO to come down and teach a workshop to his key employees. I mean, what CEO of a company the size of Campbell's does that? Yeah, he he. he. I, I have not worked with anyone else. I've worked with CEOs who were part of the workshop. Yeah. But Doug literally was involved in the design of each session, in the delivery of each session, and um, and between sessions also in the communication with the people in the in the workshop. So it was a phenomenal investment. And, and all he asked his leaders to do was pay it forward to their own leaders. Mm-hmm. And so it, they had no excuse not developing the leaders around them because if you're CEO – reaches across the executive team to help develop you, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have no excuse not to develop your own leaders. So. so really the idea is getting everybody in an organization or even a family. I know, Meta, you could yes. take it the exact same way and say, look, how do we hand down this, this paradigm, this way of thinking that um, the power, or I know the action, you call it, is is in the interaction. The okay. action's not just always in the outcome. The action is in the interaction between people. Because that is where you you create ultimately the momentum, right? Yeah, and, and that's where you change the heart, right? That's where you get the yeah. buy-in. Yep. That's where you that's where you share the best practices. Yep. It's it's all in that moment. And what is just I mean, it it, it it's just so interesting because when you really look at, like the definition, which ended up not being in the book, but uh, Doug and I kind of honed it afterwards because people on talk shows were not too patient with our longer time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the definition we ended up using uh, for a touch point is it's any interaction where you can create energy and direction around something that matters. Wow. And so the operating word here to start with is interaction. And what I found as I've been out working with this content for the last couple of years is 
the volume of interaction people are dealing with today is unbelievable. Yeah. Because, because email, text, uh, voicemail, um, virtual meetings, regular meetings, phone meetings, the person who stops you in the hallway on the way to the cafeteria, uh, as you head out to the car at the end of the day, somebody just needs, you know, to connect with you around something. Right. And I'm finding that most leaders are saying if they tally up the interactions, they are running between about 250 to about 500 a day. Wow. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, I mean, a lot of leaders are, you know, getting three, 400, you know, 300 emails. But, there, the, but then so many times you do hear that, that it's so, exa- like, your mentality was, isn't it exhausting to right. to have all of this and be overwhelmed <laughs> by it? and. The, the power is when you see it as an opportunity. You call it a touch point. Is any interaction where you can create energy and direction and direction around something that matters. And so, yeah. So the challenge is the the volume of interactions is is going up like crazy. And here's a piece of information that might intrigue you, Matt, because also the duration of each interaction is is then of course getting shorter. Sure. And what we're also finding, a very interesting piece of work that was done out at UC Irvine about um, the the amount of time knowledge workers, they shadowed knowledge workers, and this was in California, but they shadowed knowledge workers for a period of time, and they found that the average knowledge worker um, had, before they were running off to the next meeting or the next phone call or the next something scheduled, they were running basically 11 minutes of uninterrupted time to get something done. Oh, man. And here was what was even more frightening. As they observed them, within those 11 minutes, the average knowledge worker interrupts themselves at least twice. (laughs) So that's Googling, Twitter, Facebook, messages, mails, Wikipedia, going in, checking that out. And you know how you get sucked into the mix of hypertexts and look at something else, right? But that literally meant that on average, they had to sit down and do a project. They're working in about four-minute increments before (laughs) either there's an external distraction or an internal restlessness that prompts them to do something else. So productivity is going to be taking a hit. It is. If we're not, I mean... It is taking a hit, I mean, what's so funny, though, is we sit there, but no, but I pushed through 200 emails. Right, but right, yeah. So at four minutes an email and 11 interruptions later, yeah, not yeah. so not so effective. So, and, and what it also means is if you really want to uh, talk to people, right, or you're doing virtual meetings, you know, you pretty much have to figure that after about four or five minutes of listening to your voice, people are going to get a little distracted. That's true. <laughs> no, that's so true. Yeah. Because it's like, the, I mean, the, just the average attention span is like 30 seconds or something, isn't it? It's very brief, right? So as a leader, whether, and and you also asked about personal situations, and I definitely view leadership broadly, but as a leader, you need to be so much more effective today because you have less time to hold people's attention and to to make the point or to make the connection. Which is, I guess, why we want to focus on connection. I mean, connection is a result that worked. I mean, the touch point, if we've connected and created more energy and direction around something that matters... Yeah. yeah, that interaction, even if it was only 30 seconds, mattered. Yes. It, it actually was effective. It created something, even if the only outcome was energy and direction. 
Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's just to show somebody that you are present yeah. with them or their issues. Trust. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So it is powerful. We're going to take a break, Meta. Um, we're talking with Dr. Meta Norgard. Uh, by the way, Meta, I haven't told you this. Well, I think I, you knew back then I was doing it. I went and got my PhD where you got yours. I wanted to grow up and be like Meta Norgard. <laughs> and I've, I've done everything. Well, not everything. I, I don't have your accent. I don't have your incredible good looks, Meta. <laughs> oh, you sweet talker. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you, Matt. You bet. Talking with my good friend Meta Norgard, Dr. Meta Norgard. I know how hard she worked for that. We are talking about connection and touch points, the power of leadership in our relationships. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. That is the hoedown music, which means we're winding up our first hour of the show. And on the phone, we have a great friend slash uh, mentor. She's never really mentored me. I just looked up to her big time. Dr. Meta Norgard is joining us. She's, uh, she's what do we want to call her? She's a, a leadership guru, but she'll hate the term. She's a leadership leader. She teaches about the power of leadership She's a thought leader, and um, she has studied deeply the concept of leadership, has worked with, I know, hundreds of Fortune 100 executives, and um, probably more like thousands, honestly. But uh, Meta Norgard is, um, has a doctorate. She also is the author of a book called Touch Points. And Touch Points, it's, uh, it's kind of near and dear to my heart. My, one of my favorite things is the power of a relationship, the power of an interaction. Um, Meta wrote the book Touch Points, co-authored with Doug Conant, and, uh, who was the president at the time or back in the day of Campbell's Soup. Uh, she also is the author of the international bestseller, The Ugly Duckling Goes to Work. And she worked with Franklin Covey Company as the director and and one of the directors of the Executive Retreat, Principal Centered Leadership Week at Sundance. So, Meta, welcome back to the program, my friend. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. You bet. Uh, touch points, hundreds of them a day, really. Yeah. According to you, 250 to 500 daily for for some senior executives. Yeah, yeah, lots of them. But moms and, have them too, right? Like just some mom. Moms have them too. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and so um, I can help people think about what is a touch point if we kind of look at what I call the anatomy of a touch point. Yeah. And it's the same, and I, I, I'll definitely share examples from families. That's because, great. Because the way we sort of create it is we say, well, a touch point is where you have three things come together, like a Venn diagram. So there's you who is the protagonist or the leader. There is one or more people involved, other people, and then there's an issue. Hmm. So a touch point is not um, just any kind of chit-chat or hallway conversation. To make it a touch point, there has to be a point to it. And the point is the issue. So to to give you an example, Matt, um, you know, family is sitting around eating dinner, you know, how was school today, what's going on, right? And, yeah. and, and the conversation is just flowing. And you could say the point is relationship building or community, but in general there's not really a point 
a, a yeah. specific point to the conversation. And then all of a sudden, right, the uh, 19-year-old says, um, could, I, could I borrow the keys to the car? I'm going out tonight. Game on. And Here we go. Depending, yeah. <laughs> there's your issue. <laughs> and now there's an issue, yeah. right? So I'm sitting in Copenhagen with my sister um, at, at the, the night before the um, Hunger Games premiere. Mm-hmm. And my niece is 14 years old, and she says to her parents, um, by the way, I'm going to go with classmates tomorrow night to the premiere of the Hunger Games. And they go, oh, that's nice. And then she says, yes, and because it's a world premiere, it premieres the same time in Denmark as in the U.S., which means actually the movie premieres like at 10.30 at night. Right. them out after midnight. Yeah. That's when my son went. Is it? Yeah. Because we didn't have a good touch point. <laughs> no, and my I, sister's I actually couldn't get a hold of him. He just left. Way, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My sister's eyebrow is shut way up. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's the way you handle that where... If you behave as a leader in that moment, you handle, it, you handle the now, this issue, in a way that makes a similar issue go more easily next time. Okay. You so, handle it now in a way that makes next time faster or better or that builds trust or whatever. Yeah, and, and especially, I guess you're saying, too, over the long haul. I mean, I could, in, I could scare my son to never asking me again right. to go out, but that, wouldn't, that would get a result. But next time... It may not be as healthy of a result, or when he gets older and bigger, it's yeah. I'm going to lose power. Right. So we want the touch point, I guess, to to build our capacity and and maximize it with every time instead of minimizing mm-hmm. our choices. Yeah, and I and I think that's really that that to me is the leader in a touch point, whether it's at work or it's in the home. The leader in a touch point is not necessarily the one who has the official title. Right. It's the one who behaves like one. So I see a lot of informal leaders, and you even see it in families, yeah. but it's not necessarily mom and dad that always shows the most maturity. No, no, it right. It's a sibling yeah. that comes up with an idea or that thinks, you know, well, I, I think there might be another way of handling that. Maybe Joey can join me when I go with my friends, and the older sibling is a little old, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So... To me, the leader in a touch point is the person who behaves like one, and the one who behaves like one is the one who tries to deal with the issue right now in a way that makes it go better next time. And what, what would you consider or call the opposite of the touch point? I mean, uh, 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 yeah. what would the bad interaction look like? Uh, you know, Low point? Low point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought of a it. A crater. <laughs> Maybe it scorched is earth. Point. I think it's called scorched earth. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really it's an interesting. I think it's a beautiful concept because you're saying in every interaction between you another person, when an issue arises that might normally you know tick you off, turn you into fighters and flighters, there's this I, there's this opportunity, this moment where you get to choose, and that's one of I know one of the first commitments is this the mastery of. Choice. You get to choose right. what we turn this into, and it doesn't always mean. I'm not. I'm not even assuming the touch point can still be very productive, even if you guys still end in some disagreement. Sure, absolutely. But that's how we ended in the disagreement, right? Well, yeah, and, and what we're looking at, like Doug was saying, it's an opportunity to touch someone and improve the situation. Yeah. You may not fully resolve it. You're just looking to move it forward a little bit, right? Yeah. 
so that you're not in a worse position when you're, when you're done. Huge. And so, it, it, so we're always thinking it's a moment to connect, it's a moment to create a little more clarity, a little more commitment, or to set a standard, or to you know, infuse the, the situation with some responsibility or whatever it is, and gain a little bit of momentum on the issue, you know, yeah. the agenda forward a little bit if you can. But not everything can be done. In, um, I mean, like Doug often would say, he said, my life as a leader is nothing but sequences of, of touch points, right? Yeah, right. So many issues, it's not like a one-time deal. It's like a thousand touch points over two or three months that moves a project forward. But every interaction is a part of that chain of, of, um, of actions. Yeah. <laughs> actions where the action is. Well, right. what's amazing, too, about it is it could be daunting to have to go in and take on a project when you're, you really only have 11 minutes. Yes. But if you're thinking of it as, look, it's the beginning of a touch and a relationship and a positive interaction. I'll do what I can now. I'll come back again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We've got, uh, I guess, you know, if you have a lever long enough, you can lift the world. That is one, yeah, and that's part of it. And then the other part of it is that if you really think, Matt, about moments where someone has touched you, um, the moments are often, like Doug had a, a situation when he was in graduate school with Ram Sharan, and he, had kind of, he hadn't done what he ought to do on an assignment. He kind yeah. of... It. He was working, you know, he was going to school, he, you know. And he says, Ron just put him, pulled him aside after class, looked him in the eyes and said, you can do better. Hmm. And, one moment, one touch. Yep, one moment, right? And it was just that faith in him and seeing that. And I noticed, I didn't know the story while we were writing the book, but the way we had structured the work was my job was writing and his job was marketing. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's not my, what I enjoy the most. And I, and I reflect back, and when there were little things we were discussing, he would always write margin notes saying, I think we can do better. We can do better. He, he, never, he never wrote, I don't like this. Yeah, this, this is horrible. For me. It was always like, I think we can do better. Okay, or, that's a great line. Yeah, I I'm, think I'm it's writing that a wonderful down. way to think about yep. things. And he literally got that. Um, he literally got from that Ram Sharan. And uh, I'm thinking of also a situation. Do we have? A no, you know what? Let's do this meta. Hang okay. on to that thought. You bet. But write it down so you don't forget it. I will. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Meta Norgard, the doctor, Meta Norgard, and uh, she's teaching us about the power of the moment with another human being to to create energy and direction. It's called a touch point. We'll be right back with the author of Touch Points. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach, giving you the tools to uh, get you through this crazy thing we call life. For me, I just need tools to get through this crazy workday called Skyboy. Sky, wasn't it nice when the show was only an hour? <laughs> yeah. We only had to deal with each other for an hour. But we'd, be, not, we'd be done now. I, you know what, Sky, I think... I think you can do better. You know, I think I think Don agrees because he brought me food today. 
Yeah. And I feel like doing better for Don. Not for you, but for Don. Well, see, again, that's that's not an intrinsic motivator. I'm trying to motivate you intrinsically. I'm trying to, you, to get you to pick up your own game, to find your own purpose in life. I'm trying to get you to lead yourself. Don is just carrot and sticking you. <laughs> he's making me happy is what he's doing. Yeah. But uh, again, you, you keep if you keep following Don's leadership with you, you're not going to be able to fit. Hungry. In, you're not going to be able to fit in. I'm going to have the energy anymore. I need. Your to onesie board will your start. Show. Those buttons on your onesie, they're already <laughs> ready to pop. So it's amazing I've been able to fit in it for all these years, huh? Yeah. You'd think you'd have outgrown the onesie. Yeah. Nope. Looks good though. Looks like something. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. Today we're talking about leadership. That's why we were just talking about our great leader, Don, who brought us food. Uh, actually, he taunted us with food. He tempted us with food, and then he took it out and said, you can have it, but not in the studio. Yeah. It was, it's a weird it's, – it's called the bait and switch. In marketing, that's a bait and switch move. But in leadership, it's just – he's a good leader. Um, on the show today, we are joined by Dr. Meta Norgard, who is a friend of mine and has been a leadership expert consultant. She's the director of um, and the founder of Strategic Leadership and Learning. She is the author of two best-selling books. Touch Points is a book she co-authored with Doug Conant, uh, who was the president of Campbell Soup. And she also is the author of the international bestseller, The Ugly Duckling Goes to Work. And she's been also worked uh, extensively with Franklin Covey and executives all over the world, quite literally. You can find more out about uh, Meta Norgard at her website, metanorgard.com. Meta is spelled M-E-T-T-E, Norgard, N-O-R-G-A-A-R-D.com. Meta, Meta, welcome to the, uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matt. We love having you on. You're already using the content. How we can do better. I know. Did you hear me throw that in there? (laughs) I did. You know what? Let me just tell you, though. It went right over his head. Yeah. Like, we were just talking about it, and I just tried to use it so he would connect it to you, Meta, and he just looked at me like, where's food? (laughs) Seriously. He's like a billy goat that you just have to keep feeding. It shows priority. It totally shows priority. That's what I'm going to start calling him, by the way, Billy Goat. Billy Goat. So, so Meta, I love this book because, um, A, it's just, it's, it's my passion. But I think you've hit something that we don't pay attention to. There, there are choices, 250 to 500 a day, that we are all making as humans, um, where we get to choose if we, what we turn, what we turn things into. Mm-hmm. We get to we get it's a it's um, Barnett Pierce PhD. You'll remember him called it the choice point, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the the same thing with the touch point. We're gonna we have an opportunity between you, me, and an issue to create more energy and more direction on something. And you're saying every mother, every father, every family member, every executive, every politician has these choice points, and we accumulate choice points, and that's what constitutes our day and our life and eventually our legacy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and what I was about to say before the break yeah. was when I said, like, in, in this interaction where there's you, the leader, somebody else, and the issue... Um, the leader is the one who shows up as a leader. And I just wanted to give another thought, and I was just thinking back to our Franklin Covey days. Yeah. Um, 
where Doug and I say that in that moment, the leader is tender-hearted with the other person or the people, or if people are uncomfortable with that term, we would, we would say respectful. Or, but we say the tender-hearted with the person involved and tough-minded on the issue or the standard. Hmm. So it's being this ability to hold both. And I was just thinking of, I don't know if you remember when we had the merger between yeah. Quest and Covey Leadership. Oh, yeah. And we out there in the world teaching how to do this stuff for other companies, right? But when right. to ourselves... Not hard. I mean, not so easy. Yeah. It was not so easy. Right. It was just not... It was really hard. Yeah. And both companies had been very proud cultures. We had the founders involved on the Franklin Quest side. They adored Hiram on the Covey Leadership side. Yeah. We adored Stephen. Right? Yeah, it was like a dueling guru. Oh, my gosh. And it was almost like we had our home company tattooed on our arms. That's exactly uh, right. And and so I remember once when Jerry Johnson was our boss, mm-hmm. we were invited out to Utah. And there was one of these moments where it, where he was brilliantly tough-minded on the issue and tender-hearted with us. Yeah, We must have been maybe, I don't know, 100 or 150, I don't know, in the room. And I remember him saying, you know, we're not here to debate the direction. The, the tracks have been laid and the train is leaving. <laughs> we're not here to talk about that anymore. Right. He said, I am extending my hand to you because I want every single one of you on this train. I'm extending my hand. I I can literally see him do it. Yeah, I remember that. And he said, I want you on this train, but I can't make you take my hand. Huge. But I want you to know the train is leaving. (laughs) Leaving. We're not here to debate the direction. This train's leaving. I love you on it. Yeah, I want you on it. Yeah. I'm sending my hand to you. Now, that to me is tender-hearted with mm-hmm. the people, respectful of the people, acknowledging of the people, whatever words you want. But he's tough on the issue. Well, and that's, and that's what the person feels. I guess that's where the influence is born, is you don't have to choose. We always think, if I'm too tough, mm-hmm. I'm not, so I'm not soft enough. But if I'm too tender, I never get anything done. But right. you're saying it's the paradox of a leader is tender and tough. Right, and when it does not work is when people think they have to be tough on the people in order to be tough on the issue, because then you don't get commitment, you only get the compliance. Mm. And Doug has a way of saying, you know, when you're a leader of leaders, or a leader of leaders of leaders, or if you're a parent, what you want is people to do the right thing when you're not in the room, which is 99.9% of the time. Right, exactly. And they're not going to do the right thing unless they're committed to what it is you're asking them to do, right? So. So to me, that is, that is just one of these things that is, is really useful to think that I do need to be both, but, but not, not tough, not, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, not tough on the person and not tender on the issue. No, right. the standard, the issue, that's where you have to, that's where you can be very firm. Right? And it seems like if I'm, not, if I'm not tough on the person, but I'm tough on the issue, um, I'll listen to the person. I'll pay attention to what they're saying. I'll be willing to be influenced by them. Right. I'm open to it, and I'm even so, which might open me up to shift or to change if I can shift a position on the issue. But if not, I'm also I can still hold firm to my issue. But I'll have better insight in how to relate that to you. Yes. Yes. Exactly. 
And so being tender-hearted, I mean, we're not saying we have to vote on everything. If right. you're parents, we're yeah. not voting on everything in this household. Oh, you're not going this late. <laughs> you're not going. Right. Yeah, right. But I still, you know, I still love you, and I can understand how this is devastating for you. That paradox messes us up. We, we want to choose one or the other, don't we? Yeah, we tend to be soft on both or hard on both. Yeah. Very often. yeah. But I guess that is the essence of leadership in the 21st century, especially in shorter increments of focus, four-minute increments, uh, doing, I guess, being able to manage both um, and balance that over time is going to create movement. Yes. And, and I guess loyalty and commitment and more predictability for your team and safety. And, and one of the things, I don't know how much more time we have, Matt, but... Um, we have about five minutes. Five minutes, okay. So one of the things is, for example, Doug at Campbell's, which we used uh, as our case in the book, is um, came into Campbell's in 2001, and the place was in, in, in just in a horrible shape. Hmm. He left in 2011, and so just to give you a sense of, of what gets created through these sequences of touch points, he uh, decided to, I mean, the numbers were appalling, right? So, but yeah. numbers are easy to track. But he walked in with a commitment that said, before we can succeed in the marketplace, we have to succeed in the workplace. We have, you know, we have to get people's hearts and minds engaged. And so he decided to also track, um, it wasn't done as much at that time, but to also track engagement. And so he yeah. used to Gallup organizations uh, process methodology for that. Okay. Now, here's Gallup runs something they call the gold standard, which is when you go into a company, world-class companies have a, have a standard of 12 people who are powerfully engaged to each one who is disengaged. So engagement is just their heart and mind is, is in. Is in. Be here. They, they're excited about their work. Yeah. And so to be a world-class company... You need 12. 12 engaged to everyone not engaged. To everyone who's disengaged, right? Yeah. yeah. So when Doug comes in in 2001, he gets a baseline, and the baseline, he knew it was bad, <laughs> but the baseline was two to one. Holy cow. Which, uh, which honestly is better than the national average right now, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't the national average of uh, in- employee engagement is like 30%. It, it it really is low. It's yeah. disturbing. That's low. amazing. So, yeah, but at that time, the uh, Gallup consultant said they were the worst scores he had ever seen in a Fortune oh, 500 firm. Hey, welcome to the company. I know. Welcome to the company. Exactly. <laughs> Turn but, that around, Doug, or we'll fire you in three yeah. years. By the time he left, it was 17 to 1. Sheesh. So that that's sort of the, the potential of leading in this way. And he made some very tough decisions. I bet. Here. But... People just really, kind of like we did with Stephen, right? Yeah. And they adored him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and because they also, I mean, his, his start was always, how can I help, right? How right. Can I help? So, yeah. So, so there's, the, there's the tangible result in our relationships. You, you, get, you get people that buy into you and they're more engaged, I guess, because they're, they see that you're balancing results with the relationship. Mm-hmm. They see that balance versus knowing that this is somebody that's just going to steamroll you, right? And right. get what they want. And I guess too that creates buy-in. I want to do a plan mm-hmm. that when the leader listened to me, and and my heart, and if, if I can be tender-hearted with the leader, it doesn't just I guess go from leader down. Like you're saying, anyone who brings 
the tender heart or the understanding and the willingness to to pay attention and to reflect that can be any leader and so that could be me even influencing my leader up and not talking bad about the company absolutely or vice versa my leader bringing it down and listening right may i share just please uh, yeah wrap up yeah one we got about a minute left good from my life i left home at about 18 to go work in england yeah and as i was standing on the pier about to take the ferry to england um my dad was probably looking at his 18-year-old daughter and thinking, you know. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, is, is she going to be okay, like right. wanting to impart, you know, something serious. And I remember him putting uh, his hand on my shoulder and sort of with this great sense of significance saying, remember you are an ambassador for your country. Wow. And that country was Sweden? Denmark. Denmark. And he said, everything you do will reflect on your fellow countrymen. Oh, Wow. And to me, it's just one of those, well, I pretty much ignored it. for Yeah, whatever, you were 18. But then when I'm in my late 20s, it really comes back to me. And I really think if you work at BYU, your actions reflect on BYU. You're sure. ambassador for BYU. I know, that's uh, scary. Wherever you go, if you work for FedEx and you're wearing the company T-shirt, yep. uh, you're an ambassador for your company and you're an ambassador for your for your family, like today I heard Mandela's grandchildren saying Mandela would call them aside and say, now here you behave like a Mandela. Oh, wow. And so it was this sense, but oh, a Mandela doesn't dress like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but it's that you're an ambassador for whatever community you're part of. And that was one, again, 30 seconds. And mm. it, it's, it stayed with me and just grew over the years. Well, look at that. That's one point. That's one touch point. Yeah. And out of it comes thousands of decisions. Yes. Huge. Meta Norgard, you are the best. I miss uh, not being able to be influenced by you every day. But I just bought your book today, Meta. So uh, (laughs) it's all over. Send me an email. I will. You know you like it. You are. I will for sure. Off the air, Matt. I will. That's right. Meta, you're the best. Stay stay in touch. And everybody, go check out metanorgard.com. To get that book, or just go look up Touch Points at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's a it's a bestseller, so you'll want to see that. We're going to take a break. Come right back to uh, the Matt Townsend Show again. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're now going to bring into the game our own uh, Merritt Meekham, who's going to um, teach us about mentoring. Now, Meta really was kind of not a formal mentor for me, but she, I, I watched her, I learned from her, I totally respected her. I even went to the same school she went to. So is that, what, what role does the mentor serve? I really liked, there's this a quote I'm going to read from one of the articles that I read preparing for this. It says, By the way, the picture of Yoda. It does have a picture of Yoda. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Which, if, if for those of you that don't know what Skyboy looks like, <laughs> he looks a little like Yoda. With red hair on top. But with red hair. Like imagine Yoda with red hair. With, with Ralph, mouth from Ralph on little, on happy days, his hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is the quote. These people are the type of characters who would hold the back of your bicycle while you still use training wheels, and six months later, watch with a glint in your eyes, you speed past the finish line of 
a cycling championship. That's cool. So it's the person who teaches you yep. and leads you to a certain way. And the thing is, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, in movies, they all have mentors. What do you it's mean? Kind of the thing. Well, okay. We just talked about Yoda. Yoda is Yoda? a huge mentor. Yoda? Yeah. What mentor about Dumbledore has... for Harry Potter? Yes. Or here's one that I liked that I didn't think of initially was Mary Poppins for yes. the little kids. She, yes. And, well, and for Mr. Banks, if you're, you know, analyzing. Wow. But, yeah. So You've thought this through. That's basically true. every movie ever. Yeah. It's a total archetype of it story. Is. It's that you have somebody that leads you, shows the protagonist where to go, how to do things, yep. and is kind of that person that if anything bad were to happen to them, them you would know everything would go wrong. Right. Yeah. Here's like, take Lord of the Rings. Yes. Gandalf is the mentor in that. Yes. If how come, when, how come these mentors always have long facial hair? Because. Minus Mary Poppins. Because. Hmm. And Yoda. <laughs> well, if you look at Space Jam, Michael Jordan, he's definitely the mentor in that one. He doesn't have long facial hair. Are you talking? But he's bald. <laughs> Are you talking on my show? Get back to you, Merritt. Um, anyway, so yeah, go back to yeah, Lord so of the if, Rings. Yeah, so if Gandalf were, I mean, he does at one if point. If he had but died. If, well, he, he kind of did die. He kind of did, and it was and a really were, bad moment. Yeah, but if he but had died they, later on in the story. Yeah, like permanently. Everything well, would have gone wrong. Well, I don't know. Because if a mentor really never even read a book. <laughs> if a mentor really does his job, he prepares like okay, Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn dies, <laughs> and Obi Wan Kenobi takes care. You know, he does a great job after that. Yeah, but see, so but there's a point where the mentor is no longer needed. needed exactly. Yeah. So remember, it's like Grasshopper. If you can steal this pebble from my hand, you are ready. <laughs> yeah. And so that was that was some karate show. Yeah. Anyway, and so yeah, the mentor. So most of these characters have a mentor that leads them to success, and so I was kind of feeling jealous of that. Well, I, I'll be your, I'll I, don't, be your mentor. I don't have a mentor, yeah. right? Do you have a? Do you have a? Do you have a? Well, you have Steven Spielberg. I do have Steven Spielberg, but he's not like I'm, a personal he's more mentor. More of an, an inspiration. He's yeah. not my personal. He's someone you if can stop. If Steven Spielberg would like to be my personal mentor, call one eight five five chat BYU. And uh, if you're out there listening, Mr. Spielberg. You've got a diehard fan here ready to Wouldn't that be amazing anything. if he took you under his wing? I would probably cry. If somebody out there knows Steven Spielberg, <laughs> have him call us, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. I have the most phenomenal executive producer who needs a mentor because Yoda and um, Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan they're, they're, and some of the basketball players, Leonard – Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. They're not enough. <laughs> no. Keep going, Mara. Well, what, what, so what, what's the role of the mentor? I mean, do you think, like, should it be formal? Like, hello, my name is Matt. I'm your mentor. No. So I think a mentor is kind of, it usually is a professional relationship, but it's usually more than a professional yeah. relationship. There's also a lot of friendship involved. And so they're the person who you probably want to be like. They have a lot of knowledge. Um, they've been in your situation before, so they know how it's going to be, and they have kind of the windows up to the opportunity. They, yeah. They're basically not only like your personal professor and all things that you want to do, but your cheerleader. Right. Yeah. So they, and, and they can give you feedback, but like they're saying, they're, they have a, they're tender-hearted but tough-minded. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. So they challenge you to do more, but they're always there for you yeah. when you – you know, when you that's, need help. That's cool. Yeah. So I really wanted a mentor, but I don't 
I'm, where do you start with that kind of thing? Well, that's you know? a, I, I would go, who do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. Steven Spielberg. I think someone's going to call. Check <laughs> you the know? lines. one eight five five chat byu Mr. Spielberg, I've got an incredible, incredible, incredible executive producer that needs your mentoring. Uh, also, if there's anybody out there that needs somebody to shovel snow, <laughs> I've got another person for you. His name is Skyboy, and he's got some seriously strong upper body strength for a man that small. one 855 you. So that's cool. So you don't know where to begin. Yeah, but I did find some ways to start. Okay, let's hear them. Um, to, lots of companies have in their human resources department have a mentoring program. That's such a good yeah. idea. There Seriously. you go. I mean, I yeah. just have to walk upstairs, find yeah. out. Um, also, you can look at people on LinkedIn, people that you- That's a great way to do know. it. Um, and then just look for people who've, yeah, who've done the things that you want to do, that you have some sort of connection with. Yeah. So you were saying that Meta was- Oh, kind of she totally, yeah. So you could go to her and say, hey, I'm yeah. interested in, like, would you be able to teach me some of what you do? That's So it sounds, it's a lot simpler it's, than I thought it was. It's a lot simpler. I've had people, I have people actually quite a bit that email me that say, I want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I sit them down and by the time we're done talking, they don't. Huh. So maybe I'm more like a dementor <laughs> than a mentor. You're a dementor. <laughs> I dement them. <laughs> That's sad. I got to focus on that. Like she said, Meta in her book, Touchpoints, it's just every opportunity is a, ch- is a chance to touch another person. That's pretty so awesome. So mentors out there, you know, and by the way, it doesn't even have to be you coming to me. If I'm a mentor and I see potential in someone, I should probably go to them. Yeah, totally. Which again is why I try with Sky. You see potential in me. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. look what we came to. That was like I a test no, I see, something I see it. a lot of potential. You see it. It's, it's very, very far away. <laughs> but it's there. And I will be there for you. There you have it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, guess who's going to be joining us? Meg Marie Conley. Yes. The myth, the legend from Meg in Progress. Is she here today or is she on the phone? I don't know. We're going to see. She was sick last time and we're going to go see if she has recovered. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with MegInProgress.com right here on BYU Radio. Everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Skyboy there, just shooting his laser gun. Just killed three Martians coming into attack. It's You're welcome. <laughs> They're coming up behind you. Did you get them? Yes. I thought I smelled some burning alien, alien flesh. flesh. <laughs> hey, joining us is the uh, incredible Meg Conley. Hello. Also known as Meg in Progress, uh, mother of two kids, Zuzu. And Viola. You got it. I think that's the second week in a row. I know. I'm a, it's Slow a twofer. Clap. It's because I read it. I actually looked at it <laughs> when I read it. When I go from memory, I don't do it quite right. And you have one husband. One husband. Riley. Riley, Riley Bingham. Now, last time uh, you were battling um, a flesh 
eating disease. It was unpleasant, but we've what? we've moved on. What did we decide it was? Some sort of angry stomach virus from yeah. New Mexico. I think mm. you said. Yeah, I I think that that is from whence it came. It came. But it has gone back. Okay. It has, gone has back. it? It has left. <laughs> it is left. It is left, and it's down in New Mexico. So <laughs> right. If you are in New Mexico, what should they look out for? Um. Yeah. It might just be excessive chili consumption that gets you to that place. Really? I'm not exactly okay. sure. So you're saying back off on the, I had, ch- the I had chili. Six meals a day, basically, because the food is so good in New Mexico, yes. and that can't help the problem. No, no. So, no. And then <laughs> moderation in all things. You you showed up today. Yes. And you're looking dapper as usual. Oh, well. Plaited skirt. Right. Green. Well, you know it's sweater. Christmas, right? Red and is green that the plaid. plaid. Yeah, yeah. But you you um, apologized for your. I'm looking a little disheveled because yes. I had a big snowball fight with my girls. Do you? So, okay. They, they rocked it. Did you use ice balls or just snowballs? Because I like to ice mine up. Well, you know, they're four. Four and two. Oh, yeah. So, so I would have it. iced them up. <laughs> but we did get pretty intense. And did they you? definitely got thrown into snow piles. Do you have then, a good arm? No. No, it's sad. Because you have really all sad. girls. But so. my, my four-year-old thinks I have a good arm. Did, so, really? Yeah. Did anybody land a snowball? Did yes. anyone actually yes. hit another with yes. a snowball? Yes. Me against the two-year-old right in her face. Thank you very much. Really? And then she cried. Okay, so you made your two-year-old cry (laughs) with a snowball to the face. I yelled, here comes the world's biggest snowball! And then I chucked it right at her face. And she didn't think that was as cool as I thought she would think When the paramedics left, was anything, was there a charge? Frozen eyeballs. You know, they just told me to warm them for her. You know, I've done a lot of bad things, but I have never thrown a a snowball at a two-year-old. You know, in my my defense, I was aiming for the chest area, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, you might want. <laughs> That's why, like, I have a bunch of boys, but my right. boys all play baseball, so they're pretty good. They're accurate. Yeah, right. Well, so I'm, I wouldn't even do that with I'm them because I'm just dangerous. trying to toughen them up. You yeah. know, get them ready for the real world. So, oh man. So Meg, uh, you're a leader. I don't. I I don't know. I hope to be. You are right. You know why? Why? Tender heart. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're tender-hearted, yet that. you're very tough on issues. Uh, you know what's funny is in Young Women's they gave us camp names when we were going to become camp counselors, okay, yeah. and we were supposed to write an essay describing ourselves so that they could name us. Yeah. And all these girls got like really cool names, like Unicorn yeah. of Beauty. Yeah, those like, are my names. Super cool, right? Uh-huh. And mine was Tenderheart. Really? No joke. Tender. And I was fired up. It sounded like some yeah. kind of like fake yeah. Indian name. It sounds was like the Boy Scout achievement, Tenderfoot. Yeah. Yeah, it? yeah. Right. Well, it sounds yeah. like actually, it sounds like the uh, the person that would be killed first in the war. Right, right, right. I, it was embarrassing. <laughs> Are and that's you tender what, heart? That's what they called you. Though You couldn't be called by your name. They yeah. called you that. It was the last year I went to camp. So really? welcome to your life. Interesting. Watch you know you what they call people, me, by but, the way? Yeah. Abs. Abs. I could see that, actually. Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense to me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sky just gave me the look like, no, they don't. But don't listen to Sky. So uh, here's the deal. Uh, give us your leadership lesson because I want to okay. hear it from a bl- – see, I've heard it and Meta, you know, she's a big corporate leadership guru. Right. I okay. want to hear from blogger, mommy, snowball in the face of the two-year-old right. Betrayer. extraordinaire. Betrayer. Okay. So I think that one of my favorite lessons about leadership I learned from Sister Chieko Okazaki. Who I is one of her. She's my favorite, yes. right? Just like edgy enough uh-huh. and yeah. sticks it to the man all the okay. time. Okay. Yeah, favorite. I didn't see that side of it. <laughs> But that girl could throw a snowball. She could. <laughs> so um, may she rest in peace. Yes. But one of my my favorite things, I read an interview that she gave right before she died. And she talked about 
Um, the interviewer said, how did you know um, how to become a leader of women? Because she really was in her time. And yeah. she brought women um, together. So she, just so, those that don't know, she's in the LDS church. Right. There's no paid clergy. So she is somebody that was just kind of uh, called, brought right. in to be a leader amongst the the women exactly in the relief society and, right. and on a grand was, scale she was japanese she was japanese and she was amazing because she spoke to issues that no one within the lds church had spoken yeah. to before yeah being Whether, single single sexual abuse yeah. things that things that needed to be talked about yeah. but nobody really knew how she to took it on a and little she bit. did it and it really it was beautiful oh, it, blew things up yeah. in a beautiful beautiful way. So, um this reporter was saying, um how did you how did you know what the women needed to hear? And how did you know where they needed to be led? Yeah. And she said, let me tell you about how my mom raised me um, in Japanese, and I am going to slaughter this. Okay, don't. It's all right. We slaughter stuff all <laughs> there's day long a word, here. There's a word. It's a slaughterhouse. Uh, kigatsuku. Uh, kigatsuku. And, okay, yeah. uh-huh, there you go. And ki means within the soul. Yeah. And so that means, so that word together means um, a knowledge of how things must be done, um, something ingrained, something within your soul. So when her mom was sweep, sweeping the floor, she'd say, I need a kigatsuku girl. And so that would mean to Sister Okazaki. Oh, she needs someone to hold the dustpan for her. And so she'd go hold the dustpan. When her mom was doing the dishes, she'd say, I need a Kigatsuku girl. And so she'd realize, oh, the dishes need to be dried and put away. And so, wow. so her, so eventually she, she was taught. She started picking it up. Ahead and of so time. eventually her mom stopped having to say, I need a Kigatsuku girl because she'd become one. Yeah. Her mom would do the dishes. She knew the next step. Yeah. And so I think that we hear all the time, um, we need our children to be leaders. And we do. And especially our little girls. And I think that what we need to start with is helping them understand where need is and understand within their souls where they can be the biggest help and how they can be the I biggest help. And then equip them or at the same time equip them with leadership skills. So she would just, but first we need to give them that knowledge. Well, even just even the statement, I need a Kigatsuku girl would make the girl then solve the riddle. Exactly. Exactly. What is needed right now? Let's try something. Okay. I need a Kigatsuku boy. <laughs> Where are his M and M's? That's obviously what See, he's asking for. <laughs> are you noticing? Let's just let's just notice. He's clueless. Are you that's, that's the dustpan thing. Yeah, we were. Do just... you even listen to this show? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any idea what's going on? He doesn't even know it's the Matt Townsend show. <laughs> Is it still called that? Yeah, it is. Thought we were going to change that. Anyway, see, I want you to know. So that might that probably would work with a young woman. Yes, but absolutely. not with a well, old boy. I mean, look at him, poor kid. And it's so, <laughs> so it's fine this week, okay? He's, he's, Come on, he's are you doing your homework over there? He's actually yeah. kind of he's dropping pearls of wisdom left and right. Yeah. These are incredible. I'm so offended. If I were right you, now. I would stop the minute Meg Conley was in the room. I okay. thought about you know this what? for minutes before I got <laughs> for on minutes, this show. Yeah. right before she got in the snowball fight <laughs> and seriously injured her two-year-old. Right. I love that. Ice, ice. Right, and so the trick is helping them understand yeah. that. But once the, I love that that knowledge went from, okay, these dishes need to be dried and put away to the things that eventually she did on a much grander scale. Yeah. And because I think that as parents, it's very overwhelming to think I need to teach my four-year-old to be a leader, right. a leader of what, a yeah. leader of whom, to yeah. what purpose, how do I give them these skills? And so if you start very small like that, it eventually blooms. Love it. Well, and the light is inherently in us. So 
the leader doesn't the leader kind of just emerges they're the right. one in the moment that gets it so right. imagine if you're chieko their soul you've he. learned after years and years and years to anticipate needs of right. if mom's sweeping Right. Obviously, she's going to need the dustpan, exactly. so I better grab the dustpan. Exactly. Then you start anticipating. Right. And so within the LDS church, for example, around you know the 70s, where she, when she really started um, gaining some traction amongst women, um, there was a lot of pain because of things like sexual abuse. Yeah. And there was not um, a knowledge of how to talk about it. Right. It wasn't that they weren't allowed to talk yeah. about it. It wasn't that... Um, the leaders in the church didn't want to help is that the knowledge wasn't there. Yeah. And so she was able to see that pain. She was able to see those dishes waiting. Right. And then she was able to do something about that's it. Huge. I mean, very that to have that perception, that's yeah. huge. Well, and, that's, and so many of our leaders don't have right. that. Well, and, and really so many of our people on earth don't have it. So, right. cause it seems like what happens to us is the minute we get pushed, right. Somebody leaves the group when staying in the group, would then give you the tools later to be the change in the group. Right, so that, exactly. Back to Nelson Mandela. So exactly. Nelson Mandela, he, he kept fighting. He just fought and then they threw him in jail. Right. And by, I guess, I guess, you know, fermenting in jail. Right. What He was solidifying his knowledge, which gave him the tools and the voice and the, uh, the, uh, the authenticity that when he came out, right. he could speak with moral authority. Right. And he wasn't a leader simply for leadership's yeah. sake, which, again, the same thing with S- Sister Okazaki is she was a leader because there was a need. That's why she was a yeah. Hikatsuku girl, not, yeah. because, not for any other right. reason. Well, but for years, she wasn't necessarily a leader. She was a follower until – because her mom was – Training her to be the leader. Exactly. So that, exactly. That's, that's every one of us. So right. sometimes I can see the need and sometimes my wife has to remind me right. that there's a need. Right. Well, and when the need disappears, you yeah. you go yeah. back from where you came. Right. I mean, exactly. it's that, you know, that Roman concept of emperor for yeah. five years and yeah. then you go back to Rotation. the fields. And right. so and so she and she was very comfortable with that, too. I mean, she did not die in this huge. huge office, yeah. you know, um, presiding over. She served where she needed to serve. And then she ser- and then she served in a smaller sphere yeah. afterwards and it was equally meaningful right. and so i think that if we can take um the you know the glory out of you know leadership now leadership always yeah. and, and and do leadership when it's needed right um that is much more attainable also. well and know that in any setting anyone can bring the leadership right absolutely absolutely that's why it's not it's not just the position that's why oh, every leader out there could see the benefit of Listening more. Every leader. Are you listening, guys? Come on. Listen and start (laughs) because everyone's got something to add and they may have. They may be they may be the Kigatsuku girl. Right. Right. Well, and and, you know, and for me, everything goes back to the New Testament. Right. And And so the last shall be first. And they to be to be a leader really means to be the one cleaning the feet of your people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that washing the feet of your people, that that is what leadership is. And that's another thing in the lessons that she taught um, that Sister Okazaki's mom taught her daughter. They were all things of humility. They were all things of service. Being a leader means to serve. Huge. Right. Have you seen like, I mean, the Pope, uh, for example, um, washing the feet. Right, yeah. I mean, he's turning the Catholic Church upside down this with change. This rocking it, it's right? It's amazing. He's hardcore. But it's amazing just the power and, and, again, how neat it would be if you could just rotate everyone out. You know, So right. he does it 10 years and then we rotate him out and let him right. go change right. a street in Argentina Exactly, again. right. And then rotate someone else. There's power in having everyone see themselves as a leader. 
Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you're just a victim of everything else in life. Right. Exactly. One, and you know, I would say, I would say that our daughters, you know, even now my daughter's four and there are leadership opportunities. Oh, yeah. And there are, you know, leading by example yeah. and, and you can empower them by helping them find those things right. so that, because being a leader means not being afraid and, um, and not following when the things that you are behind are not worth following. I mean, that's something I always worry yeah. about for my little girls, you oh. know? And so, um, if well, we can do that Well, maybe it won't be them, a deal anymore because, you know, who knows what the head injury will do to your daughter. Right, right. After that, I may just have to carry her around for the rest of her life. (laughs) I thought it was just my boys that were like starting street wars. But apparently it's you you and your daughter. The two-year-old is very feisty, very feisty. She likes to get into it. There's lots of growling. You know, um, she's actually she up to two feet yet. She's two, but she's actually about the size of a thirteen-month-old. She's wow. very small. Okay, so. okay. Well, that makes it much better. She's she's, she's a small. In fact, too. people will see her and they're like, "She's so advanced yeah. for a thirteen-month-old." And I'm like, "That's because she's twenty-seven yeah, months. She's twenty-seven. So she's so actually she's a little, two and a quarter, right? And she's she's very tiny. She's yeah. very dainty. See, I thought you were going to say she's two going on like three. No, but she's, no, she's two. She's super but, tiny and she's the size yeah and you still hit her with a snowball like i said i was aiming for her chest because she was cracking up like i'd throw them as hard as i could at her chest and she'd fall over laughing it was such such good fun until the blind she was just diapered though right all she had on was her diaper right right. we're out in the 10 degree weather (laughs) just a diaper i'm like the pioneers did it you can too what a cool mom what are your neighbors thinking when they look at meg conley out there throwing snow at her kids they think i'm crazy yeah and they're totally right well, you're totally a leader. Right. So, <laughs> you're a Kigatsuku girl. <laughs> well, I'm working on it. I would love to be. I, I'm, and I'm. I hope that my daughters are better than I am at yeah. that. So, no, you, you know what? I have no doubt with the name Zuzu and Viola. <laughs> that Viola is a totally standard name. You, could, I mean, you can't even. That's really? that's really old school. Yeah. Just Nate, is there somebody that uh, Shakespeare kind of, wrote about a Viola? Well, I mean, like they've been around forever. Just give me someone in pop culture today, Viola. Just one Viola that's. Ah, uh, that lady in the hoop that won her Academy Award for the Help. Her name's Viola. Oh, is it? I don't know her last name, but was that her Viola. name in the book or was that her real name? That's a real name. See, so there's yeah, one. There you go. Yep. Hmm. In your face, Matt Townsend. In, oh, another snowball. <laughs> in my face. Okay, Meg, are you going to stick around with us? You know it. Uh, Meg Conley, you got to go check out her website, Meg in Progress. Also, check out her website. You can see uh, she's on a lot of um, television stations recently for uh, child abuse, throwing <laughs> snowballs at a one and one and a half year old child. That mugshot, it's really nice. <laughs> she's, on, she's on the the mugshots. She's, she's on cops. Of, she's on cops. She was on the show Cops. <laughs> she's the one chasing after a cop car when they put Riley in the back. <laughs> She's running. We're a classy bunch. Bring him back. He's got my teeth. Um, Okay, I have my own teeth. Okay, good. Thank you. Good times. We're going to take a break. We're coming back uh, to wrap up the show. We're going to have we're going to take a leadership test. I think it's going to be good for for Meg because you know (laughs) she thinks she's all that and a bag of chips. I want chips. Do we have chips? We don't have chips in the room. Meg Conley. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're joined by the uh, wonderful Meg Conley from MeganProgress.com, also from Billy Goat Sky. 
who will eat anything you put in front of him. In fact, today, folks, we gave him a rundown for the show, and he just chomped it right down. Not true. It's right here. Oh, that's not weird. I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> weird. I went the whole show without a rundown. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> that's how professional this outfit is. Yeah. Actually, he had it. it. was right in front of him. He just never looked at it because he was doing his flashcards. Uh, he's still trying to get the... What uh, class is that for? It's the four times tables in math. He's They're killing him. It's for Survey of Music Literature 1. Oh, I took that. A plus. Welcome to my life. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in Holy that- cow. Were you a music major? No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she... No. Um, we have a test. Apparently, Merritt is going to give us a leadership test. Is this true? I don't test well. It's It's kind of a leadership test. Okay. It's more like, are you naturally thirsting to be a leader test so okay like, do you hunger for power test Sounds like a vampire. yeah no mine just naturally oh, yeah. comes to me okay <laughs> <laughs> you ready yes i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz you okay okay one how important is status to you a very important i like to feel like i'm on the top b quite important it's good to be with the in crowd c it's more about the quality of relationships than where you fall within those relationships or d not very important I just want to go on with my life. Hmm. Can we lie? Is this Facebook status? <laughs> do I have Are we talking to, about Facebook do status? Do I have to be honest? <laughs> I know what yours is. You... Absolutely see. I just, all that matters are the relationships in my <laughs> I can't even finish. Whatever. <laughs> that is a bunch of malarkey. No, I definitely, what was, what was A? Probably a was, a. I like to feel like I'm on top. Yeah, I like to be on top. Why not? Okay, that's delusional. <laughs> I I don't care if I feel like I am I'm on top as long as I am on top. Right. Okay, <laughs> or same thing. as long as I'm paid as if I'm on top. <laughs> okay, good. good I don't right, even care right. if I am on top. Okay, you know yeah, I don't need the fame, I just need the money. Yeah, we're desperate. According right. to this quiz, you got the right answer. You are <laughs> natural <laughs> leaders and or despots. <laughs> yeah. Despots, tyrants, things like that. That's cool. <laughs> By the way, that did you see how hard that was for Sky to hit the button when I got it right? He's definitely a D guy. He's definitely a Billy Goat. Okay. <laughs> you ready for question yeah, two? Let's go. Okay. This is easy. You've just faced some negative feedback. How do you respond? A, get angry and defensive. B, listen carefully but come away feeling disappointed. C, consider what you could change and how you could improve. D, sigh and think, yeah, that's me. Okay. You go first? okay, this happens to me all the time, actually, because you um, get feedback. On yeah, your site. I get lots of emails because of my blog, and a lot of them are often angry. And initially, I responded with a lot of sarcasm, and <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of good at belittling people. And so, if they called me names, I would just kind of like mock them. But I've gotten much better. And so, as long as what is sent to me is reasonable and not inflammatory, I really try to respond. With my whole heart and understand where they're coming from. And if they feel like an apology is necessary, I even do that sometimes. Wow. Because everybody everybody is just doing their best. That's, wow. That's for real. That's very mature. It took a while. I respond with half my heart. <laughs> what was C? C was consider what you could change and how you could improve. Yeah, I'm C for sure. I do C for sure. And then I usually send someone that's really big over to their house. To have a little talk, <laughs> air quote. That's what I do. What's the answer? Okay. 
Well, you both answered C. Yes. And that answer says that you are good for management. That's, creative, that's not true about you me. You can handle actually. people. That's totally not true, Meg. <laughs> it's like, it's, I can't it's making I've me think the internet might not be. Didn't work. Right. <laughs> Something, maybe, the, yeah. maybe this isn't a, is this is this test certified in with any professional? Did it come group? from Yale? No. Mm. Well, oh, oh Skyboy certified it. So oh. let's just do something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do one more. If we got time. one more. Okay. Maybe two. Let's see. I, I mean, I think Meg, you're a born leader. You know, I I'm very loud. Yeah. And I think that that helps. <laughs> that helps a and lot. I, t- I talk a lot. You're assertive. I'm assertive, and and I think that I'm right. Well, yeah. Ninety eight percent of the time. And the other 2%, I was just, mis- you know. And I don't want to be rude, but you throw like a girl. Yeah, I do. I Especially do. at your one-year-old baby. Yeah. Two-year-old. two-year-old who looks like Almost a one-year-old. Almost two and a quarter-year-old baby. That right. <laughs> That's right. Okay, you got one? Yeah, Marit? I do. If you are faced with a problem to solve, what mm. do you do? A, come up with one solution and pronounce it correct. <laughs> B, generate a few possible solutions and ask others what they think. C, brainstorm with a couple of nearby colleagues. D, seek your manager's advice. Matt is A, 100%. He's done that so many times. <laughs> what was it? With was definitions it? of words, just about everything. Do you guys hear a little mumble? You've made up definitions of words? Why not? <laughs> he claims he can because he's a doctor. It's the Matt Townsend show. A doctor. <gasps> oh, in air quotes? That was, that was hurtful. That was no, hurtful. No, you to say doctor. <laughs> Two air quote pumps. Uh, I think of a couple solutions and then talk to my husband. That's really? usually what I do. I bounce things off of him, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. funny because he always calls me with a couple of ideas. <laughs> He's like, Matt, what do you think of this? I don't. Megan's crazy. I, I don't Poor know. Riley. <laughs> Poor Riley. Uh, what was C again? C? It's not A. <laughs> it's not A. Based on how people are reacting now, yeah. we'll look at C. Brainstorm with a couple of nearby colleagues. That's what I do. I've never seen that happen, but I'm only here once a week. So I I, <laughs> I I don't know what Sky was talking about, but it's definitely C. Because I what usually don't right have an answer. What I do is I listen. I don't have an answer. And then I ask you for what your ideas are. And then when I hear your ideas, I know they're not right. <laughs> and that then tells me what my answer is. Well... You guys both didn't choose the right answer Shoot. according to whether or not you are natural. Did you hear and that? Power hungry. Yeah, that Sky mean. does nothing that was all just day. Mean. I haven't even had a sound effect in my ears that's before. That's the first time he's ever done that's one. Never happened. It's mad. Not even with Deer Hunter 2014. No. But just like the ding, oh, that hardly is. counts. He's such a ding. Um, what was the answer that was correct? The answer no, that was we'll correct was that you come up with one solution. Pronounced correct. <sighs> I'm not a leader. Obviously. I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> That's what it is. Thanks again, Sky Boy the Billy Goat. I think you need some sleep. Yep, and some food. <laughs> hey, Meg, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Uh, Always and fun. Again, uh, we wish your daughter all the love in her recovery. Right, right. Well, who needs to see? Not we'll her. send some flowers right. to the hospital. Good, good, good. Yeah. You know what? Pretty sure her eye will come back. <laughs> Maybe. It'll, it'll, it's just a scratch. <laughs> It's a flesh wound. Just an iced cornea. No big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. Meg Conley's been joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. Thanks. And again, remember, uh, you know, we're all leaders. we got to put it out there and uh, start picking up our game. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, more ideas to help you see the good in the world. 
This is BYU Radio and the Matt Townsend Show.